Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 148, April 29, 9, April 29, it would be 2019. There what year go. is it? Yeah. It was 91 degrees on this day in 2004 and 26 degrees on that flood-prone spring of 1965. And uh, Aquaside brings you these ice-out dates. There's only one. White Bear Lake went out on this day in 1951, and I could not find any ice-out dates for this date for Lake Minnetonka, but our friend Bill Stein up in Aiken reports that official Malax Lake ice out was yesterday, Sunday, April 28th. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. I guess really in a podcast form, there's no such thing as breaking news, is there? Not really. But it is breaking to me. Uh, Bidet Makaska is once again Lake Calhoun. What? Yes, this is according to the Court of Appeals, a number of... uh, uh, emailers alerted me to this. It's just breaking now. Uh, it was printed at 11.40 a.m. in the Star Tribune. The State Court of Appeals ruled Monday that the former Department of Natural Resources Commissioner Tom Landwehr lacked authority to change the name of the lake because the name has existed for more than 40 years. Is that our guest? I need to know if that's our guest. Because uh, playing like playing along along these same lines... Is the controversy, we'll get back to Lake Calhoun, is the controversy that has erupted over uh, the Minnesota Historical Society adding uh, Fort Snelling at Bedote. And is Mary Kiffmeyer with us? Mary Kiffmeyer of the Senator uh, Kiffmeyer, yes. Senator, State Senator Mary Kiffmeyer. Mary, are you hey, there? there? Yes, hello uh, there, Joe. Glad to be with you. Mary, uh, this has really blown up into quite the controversy. Well, and as it should, I told them it was controversial. So, yes, it would be become that, and rightly so. It is highly controversial, renaming state property. And matter of fact, um, the Court of Appeals just came down with an opinion yeah. that said that Lake Calhoun is going to be Lake Calhoun, that uh, Commissioner Landwehr did not have the authority uh, to rename this piece of property after 40 years. And I think Fort Snelling has been there a little bit longer than 40 years as a name. Mary, no one is more vigilant against revisionist history than me, and I'm, I'm glad to see that you're also vigilant, but I am really struggling to see how this is revisionist. It's merely an addition that locates the fort at, is it pronounced Bedote? Bedote, I think. Bedote, like which is merely the confluence of the Minnesota and Mississippi rivers. Uh, I, I, I'm struggling to consider this revisionist, and I'm wondering if you had deeper suspicions about something. Well, there is a lot more issues besides this one. Uh, this is an example one that is seen, though you may uh, say that. Even, by the way, when I did research on that particular naming and I came across that sort of description of that. But I want you to know it's more than that. There's more of a single tribe who is also claiming prior ownership of that land. And by the way, we bought all of this property, the Louisiana Purchase, from France. Mm -hmm. We didn't just lay claim to it. We bought it, and we purchased that land. 
But the main thing is that the tribes are often very nomadic, and um, as I understand it, uh, the agreement that that this is the, there's, there's sometimes you talk about the rivers there, but there's also the issue uh, that was brought up that this was a particular tribe, and that also is not unanimously agreed to. Uh, there were Dakota, there were the Mendota, and a lot of people think the Mendota should be Mendote not Medote, uh-huh. uh, because of the Mendota tribe. So when you go back to history, and by the way, historians don't even always agree about history. So a specific description of that piece of property and the converging of the rivers may be one thing, but it goes by far broader and has to do with tribes and who was there and who was not there. But remember, most importantly of all, we bought this land from France. All right. Do you fear that the name Fort Snelling would be held accountable at some point? Well, my concern is that if we do not uh, recognize this issue right now, that first will be Fort Snelling, Bedote, and pretty soon they'll drop the Fort Snelling and it'll become something else as you start this progression. So you have a one name, you have a double name, pretty soon you drop And I've seen this happen sometimes with corporations if they want to change their look or their style, they'll start moving in that direction. And I, my concern is this. And by the way, uh, so we see with Lake Calhoun, we see this in other areas of the state as well, this kind of um, changing and naming and all of that. Uh, portraits in the Minnesota State Capitol were a big issue about two years ago. Uh, Senator Cohen brought up the issue that always uh, the governor portraits were all portrayed in the state capitol itself, and the Minnesota History Center wanted to just rotate them, to move them around and have some in and have some not. Highly controversial led to legislation saying all governor portraits will be uh, displayed in the capitol. So this isn't just this one little uh, particular item here. This is by far broader and much more deeper and been going on for quite a while. What about, let's assume that Fort Snelling's name will not be changed because there's been too much consciousness raised about that now. Fort Snelling will remain Fort Snelling. I, I, I can't imagine that we're doing anyone a disservice. Let's let, if it's Bedote or Mdote, let's add Mdote too. I'm not, I'm not in the business of sanitizing history, but these are additions. These aren't replacements. This is in addition to, and also there's a wonderful, wonderful letter in today's Star Tribune about a guy who points out, have we forgotten how many uh, lives we've lost uh, with Native Americans who have served in the armed forces in this country? And it seems, it seems fitting, it seems fitting that the names of the tribes, however nomadic, could receive a mention here. I don't find this case even remotely analogous to the Lake Calhoun situation. And if you had time, you and I could go into that because we both agree about Lake Calhoun. But I disagree that adding Bedote or Mdote, or if, if you had to add three more, I don't see how that is revising the history so long as the name remains Fort Snelling. Well, we had much testimony, and I listened to it. I was president of the committee on the Capital Investment Committee and the opposition and others as well. But probably the bigger thing here, Joe, is that it's a legislative job. It is their duty, their responsibility in state law to make those changes, not agencies. Agencies do not have the authority. So I think one thing, too, is let's focus on the authority. And, Joe, we don't disagree in this, that um, adding historical information is absolutely correct. So when the docents 
go through and do their explanations and when they have some of these displays to give additional information as those facts come forward is absolutely uh, the prerogative of the historians. But like I said again, historians don't always agree, even about supposed historical facts. But when it comes to naming, that is the job, that is the authority of the legislature. And the Court of Appeals said so uh, very specifically in regards to Lake Calhoun. And so I think we stand on very good ground. Our main focus here in the legislature is the revisionist history is one thing, but the other thing is that it is the authority of the legislature in regards to naming state property. But within their ability to describe, to talk about the history and all those things, they're the historical side, they can do that. But they should also be careful about not portraying one view to the exclusion of others and that they include them and I don't have any problem with that, Joe. I think a lot of people don't. But I think we feel the encroachment here by doing this without legislative authority uh, to do this. And that's an issue. And then I think beyond that, we can have a further discussion. Remember, uh, if it is a discussion that Minnesotans want to have, let's have it. And let's do it in an open debate and not just have one agency make a unilateral decision like Landward did and they got overruling in the courts. We shouldn't have to go there. We should work it out here in the legislature. Well, it, what it sounds like now with this additional explanation on your part, what it sounds like is your beef is about the way this developed. It sounds like you don't have a beef with Bedote. You have a beef with uh, Whitworth just unilaterally deciding that that's what he's going to put on the sign. And you're right, that should have gone through a legislative process. Yeah, and it's more, just to clarify, Wentworth is a new executive director. The previous one is who did this and did a few other things as well, maybe in the same genre as uh, Commissioner Landwehr did. Maybe they all got together and decided, hey, let's let's go do this. We're not quite sure just how that came about. But Kent Wentworth needs to recognize he's the new executive director. He should recognize when they have not complied with uh, the procedures, even their own procedures, by the way, even amongst their own board members and amongst others as well. Um, this has been a simmering controversy for a while, and I think, uh, it's about time it kind of came up to a head here. And uh, in addition to the court decision, I think the legislature is absolutely right to say, yes, we act on behalf of all Minnesotans, and uh, it is a prerogative legislature. Let's do that. And let's take it away from whether it's M-Dote or B-Dote or many of these other kinds of things. Um, but the renaming of state-owned property after four years is the job of the legislature. Part of it is process. Part of it is then where we're going to go from here and what will happen. Uh, as we've seen across the country, <clears throat> um, tearing down that which is historical fact, not just adding new information. It, it, you know, clear something up for me. Is that 40-year, is that a statutory limit? In other words, that's, that's the law. If something's been named something for at least 40 <laughs> years, then a legislative process has to be approved to change the name of something? Well, I was going by the um, the court decision yeah. uh, in particular. So um, the from them, it, I'll just read to you. I'll get it back up here a little bit. Um, Landworth's action was illegal, and only the legislature holds the authority to change the name after it existed for 40 years. All that right. is the wording of the court itself. Right. Very good. Uh, the funding cuts uh, are not likely to uh, be successful. Would you agree? Well, the funding cuts are probably something that we can work with and come to. My goal is to come to an amicable 
resolution mm-hmm. uh, that considers both parties and not just one, uh, that we are open to that and will consider that. Um, but we need to also make sure that they reckon with uh, process and state law and the legislative authority as well. They're not an agency all to themselves. And um, I think it's important for them to understand that and work with us. Uh, as long as their attitude is yes, we are willing to recognize this court opinion, recognize the law, and then work with the legislature. We have as much of a right to have our say in this regard, absolutely, and that needs to be recognized too. All right, Mary, thank you. Thank you. We'll be in touch. Thank you very much. All right. All right. You bet. Senator Bye-bye. Mary Kiffmeyer from Big Lake. <clears throat> you know, I don't know what you guys said. I, I know what I heard. She's very... Uh, uh, proprietary about protecting the uh, protecting the uh, interests of the process as it goes through the legislature, and I think she had a burr under her saddle that this new guy comes in the history center mm-hmm. and uh, hey let's put up a dote out there and uh, and no you probably should go through the process to do that. But I'm not going to back down on the idea that I don't think adding Bedote is revisionist. I think it's an addition. You don't think that's going to lead to the removal? No, of course of not. Don't, I don't, I don't think be stupid. So. I don't think so. Souchere is absolutely right in this case. And Look who's got the new role of being right, a secret. And, <laughs> and you're right about her toes being stepped on. Yeah. This has nothing to do with history and Josiah Snelling or any Fort St. Anthony, Fort Snelling, whatever you want to call it, or but. Bedote. Uh, this is all about semantics. This is why we would never make it in politics. Right, but she's right. You you start letting agency heads call the shots. Yeah, you've yeah. got a mishmash everywhere. Right. I, I buy that concern of hers. Right, that's legitimate and credible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I uh, and I think I think she should have been more careful in the initial story to make that her point of contention. Okay, because if you read the comments now, she's coming off as this bigoted fool who. Can't stand the idea that the no, that's not her at all. That is not her. Do you she, think that she's that, she's proprietary here? Do you think that that part was left out in the initial story? No, I don't think so. I don't think she. Uh, I don't. I think she, in her initial remarks, she was uh, uh, didn't think them through carefully enough. If her initial remarks would have been, look, we I have no beef with uh, adding a name out there to recognize our forebears. Oh, actually, it's a really good idea yeah. because it introduces people yeah. to more history. And the same could be said about Lake Calhoun. Why not just call it Lake Calhoun and underneath or above or wherever, Bede Makaska. I love learning stuff like this. Most of the rivers in this country already had a Native American name. Right. The you know, problem with Calhoun was, you know, some citizen signaling his virtue right. planted this seed seven years ago or whatever. The problem with changing the name of Lake Calhoun, I've said this a hundred times, they never, no one ever made a case to change the name. The case they made was false. The case they made is we can't have a lake named after a guy who owns slaves. The lake was not named for him, John Calhoun, because he owns slaves. Right. He was no different than every other landowner on the East Coast in 1805 or whatever. No different whatsoever. Mm-hmm. The lake, lake name was changed because current sensibilities revised the history. Mm-hmm. That's why this is not analogous to the Fort Snelling case. Not current sensibilities came in and tried to sanitize the idea that that should never have been called Lake Calhoun in the first place. 
It was called Lake Calhoun because the guys who worked for him and came out here on a surveying crew, uh, they named it for him. Hey, boss, look what we did. We yeah. left behind the name Lake Calhoun, and it mm-hmm. stood for 200 years or whatever. And then these uh, these do-gooders who walk around the lake and feed ducks, they come along and say, well, what the hell? Uh, you, you know, this is a slave owner. This guy was a slave owner. That's not why the lake was named that. And as we yeah, just learned, me. we just learned uh, the State Court of Appeals has overturned uh, this. Uh, in January of 2018, Landwehr ordered the lake's name uh, revert to its original Dakota name, but Amakaska, the federal government approved it, and signs around the lake were changed. But the unanimous opinion by a three-judge panel, a unanimous opinion, said the name will go back to Calhoun because Landwehr's action was illegal, and only the legislature holds the authority to change the name after it existed for 40 years, which is Kiffmeyer's contention about what took place at Fort Snelling. Right. Get us involved. Uh, the dispute over the lake's name paralleled a national movement to remove the names of segregation and slavery supporters from monuments. Lake Calhoun was named in honor of John C. Calhoun, the seventh vice president of the U.S. from 1825 to 1832 and a senator from South Carolina. Eric Cardall, the lawyer for the Save Lake Calhoun, the group that challenged the name, called the decision a win for holding the system accountable. Attorney General Keith Ellison's office, which represented the state, did not return a message seeking comment. Court of Appeals Judge Heidi Shellhaas presided over the panel that includes uh, Judge Randall Sleeter and retired Judge Larry Stauber. So it's Lake Calhoun again. I don't know where this fight goes from here. Oh, back and forth, I wonder suppose. if they use Aquaside on Lake Calhoun. Uh, there's weeds on Calhoun. It's a great swimming it. beach yeah. at Lake Calhoun. Yeah. Great swimming beach. And Aquaside has, been, beach. Yeah. Uh, Aquaside has been keeping beaches clean for more than 60 years. It's just a fabulous product. You just you can get the pellets mailed to you. You go down there and you put them on your lakeshore, and the kids don't come screaming up out of the water saying they've been tangled up in weeds. It's a fantastic product. They're easy to use. The products begin working right away, and they're registered with both the EPA and DNR, and their products are safe for your family. Call Aquaside at 1-800-328-9350. That's 1-800-328-9350. Or go to Aquaside.com. This is a local outfit. They've been killing lake weeds for more than 60 years. Are you ready for a different point of view? Say, this is Josh Arnold, Mr. Money Talk. I'm here, as always, to answer your questions on stocks, bonds, mutual funds, what you should be doing with your retirement dollars. But, of course, you do have to give me a call at 952-925-5608. With much market volatility on the horizon, you're going to need some help. So give me a call at 952-925-5608. You always get straight talk, not sugar-coated advice from me. Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. I'm here to help you personally set your portfolio to deal with this upcoming volatility. So make a point to give me a call for a no cost, no obligation, 48 minute review at 952-925-5608. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. University of Garage Logic 98 College of Self Esteem Zip Nada Nothing Here's Joe Suchere You know what I'm learning about this? I, I'm going to continue to stand vigilant about the sanitization of American history. Okay. But 
you know what it's going to take? You got to do it case by case by case. Otherwise, you're throwing babies out with bathwater. Yeah. yeah. You got to take every case individually. Kiff Meyer's got a great case, not against including the name Bedote. She's got a great case that's saying, well, look, if you people think you're going to go down this road of sanitization, you got to come through the legislative process first. And that, and that does give all taxpaying citizens of the state their voice because these are the elected representatives. Mm-hmm. And in this case, uh, a guy arbitrarily on his own did this, Kent Whitworth. And that's, that's what was wrong with this one. It's not the, analogous to Lake Calhoun. Do the years have something to do with that? Because she said the 40 years. So if, if this happened in the 39th year, does it still have to go through the same process? That's what I tried to learn. I don't know if the Court of Appeals just came up with 40 years or if that's written in a dusty ledger somewhere that we don't change the names of anything that have been named that for at least 40 years. Okay. I don't know if 40 years is the magic number. With your crystal ball, mm-hmm. do you foresee it being more difficult to change these names with go having have with having to go through a full process rather than just a department head saying we're going to do it boom no i don't trust uh, most of the people we're electing are drifting towards socialism and the mystery and extreme leftism and uh, but we have a process in place and we have to use that right. if we want to but i have no doubt that uh, i have no doubt that people who want to uh, you know the people signaling their virtue i have no doubt they're going to succeed mm-hmm. more often than not they they succeeded at Lake Calhoun until the actual laws were applied to the situation. Lake Calhoun is not an, Lake Calhoun was a serious attempt at, to revise and sanitize history because uh, the supporters of changing the name managed to uh, drag slavery into the equation. And, and of course, slavery was wrong and we don't like slavery right. and we've, we've wiped that off the books as well as it should have been. But slavery had nothing to do with the lake being called what it was. Had nothing to do with that. So, All right, well then that's I'm a, thrilled that Lake Calhoun's going back to Lake Calhoun because it should a, never have been changed. A pushback, a small ray of hope. But uh, by the same token, I can easily live with Bedote on a sign at Fort Snelling. Well, I'm I'm like Kenny though as well. I do share this with Kenny. Yes, it's Calhoun. If you want to put something up saying. Uh, we said that from the beginning, four hundred years ago, yeah. and the Native Americans, the natives, had this. I think that's great as well. And 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 I, I my eyes were really opened by a letter writer today. You got that letter, Kenny? Uh, my eyes were. I really... don't see mention of uh, World War II dying in World War II. I um, wonder if you read a bunch of letters. But a guy named James McKenzie in St. Paul wrote a great letter that uh, I'm going to paraphrase for him. Uh, let's remember that many Native Americans served in the armed forces in this country. And this is a military fort, so what the hell's wrong with acknowledging their existence there? So that fort looked pretty neat in eighteen in the eighteen hundreds. Yeah, I think it would be a little difficult to get to the fort, down to the river, and back up. It's uh, have you been out there? That trail? Yeah. I challenge anyone. Let's see. I'll I'll redo that. I'll challenge anyone in this room <laughs> to ride their bike up that trail. Well, I'm I don't not think going. So. It's got to be yeah. a forty percent grade. Maybe oh. if I had one of those cool electric bikes. Hey, that's what I was thinking. Actually, Let I was thinking we should get a bunch of those. We should go down there. And we should just mock the people that are pedaling up the hill by What's motoring wrong, by motoring past them on our bike. We're Wouldn't welcoming we're, we're welcoming yes. eco fun to the show today. Do they sell uh, those? I've been watching these guys on these bikes for about three four years now because I take the parkway every day, and it's just amazing. They're going up a hill 
occasionally pedaling, right. and I'm going, that's for me. That's the kind of bicycle I Now, you I might be wondering what a guy so uh, <laughs> enamored with internal combustion might be doing, recommending you an electric bike. Yeah. I have never seen such gadget-fascinating machinery <laughs> in my life. I went to EcoFun Saturday. They're in Forest Lake, mm-hmm. almost right downtown Forest Lake, almost on the lake. The, they sell among – they have a lot of gas-powered stuff, too, scooters, mopeds, youth ATVs, but they have – a selection of electric bikes, some of which look like old Royal Enfields. Some of them look like old Indians. Some of them have headlights. That's awesome. But they've got the big, fat tires on them, and they got five settings. You put it on setting right. one, you're doing 80% of the work. All right. Setting two, no, maybe you're no. doing 60% of the work. No. Then you get up to five, and you're just sitting there. Yes. <laughs> yes. But it's just very neat technology. I'm going to their website right EcoFun now. EcoFun sells a full line of Yamaha and Bentelli e-bikes. With a Bentelli e-bike, you can either pedal on your own, use the motor assist, or use the thumb control and cruise up to 20 miles an hour with no effort at all. Yeah, that's They're Kenny. fantastic. That's They're really fun. I got on one out there. They're just fantastic. Unfortunately, EcoFun's not open on Mondays. I tell you to get there right now. But they're uh, they're open Tuesdays through Saturdays in Forest Lake. Check them out at EcoFun Motorsports, one word, EcoFunMotorsports.com. This is a family business. Tim Bloom started 11 years ago. They're here for the long run, and they care about their customers, and they got the neatest stuff for young people you have ever seen. So that's the cool thing about Fort Snelling. When you bike there, Matthew, you can either take the long, long railroad grade that starts up by Minnehaha Falls, and you can do the gentle slope down, but then if you want to go home a different way, you've got to go straight up that that, uh, path no, right I next to not. the fort. wonder why they don't have, have a... Walk. What's that thing in Pittsburgh called that goes up and down the bluff? A funicu- funicular? A funicular. A funicular, yeah. yeah. I'm surprised they don't have one. What is that? Is that me? Is that your think, phone? I don't... Oh, that's I'm sorry. That's, that's my, somebody's laptop. It's my computer. Part of your computer. Well, in the in the day they used on... oxen um, and, and then horse, yeah. and I don't know if they ever actually had a railroad uh, uh, engine that went up and down that that steep slope. Uh, but there's amazing history over there, and uh, you know they can include everything they want, including um, the uh, the spring, Coldwater Spring. Interesting history there too. Say, why don't we come back? Yeah, it's a funicular. Yeah, with a John Height News experience. Clicking on ProfessionalTurf.com will give you a beautiful lawn all season long. Now, you might know I'm a hardcore do-it-yourselfer, but the day I threw the spreader away and handed the lawn care duties to ProfessionalTurf.com, it was the best thing I ever did for my lawn, and I've had the best lawn on the block ever since. That was years ago. I also had their landscape division update my layout. That forced my equity and gave the place amazing curb appeal. Lawn care, sprinkler system service, and landscaping. Click on ProfessionalTurf.com. Truth, Justice, and the Souchere. What was that stink eye for? Mike's off pass. It sounded like Sid Hartman gurgling on a <laughs> glass of water. Did you see Sid uh, introduce round 
seven or eight <laughs> in the draft? Stiffed. I didn't. Uh, I don't follow the draft. Ah, okay, I don't follow it. Did a fine I'm, but I'm glad Sid was honored. I think my microphone was off while I was coughing, much like yours was when you started that sentence. Yeah. Are you going to introduce John Heights news? Right, speaking of the draft, uh, did you guys? Hey, I want to do the news. I know, but this was this was just bleep oh, the draft. This was a really cute thing. This was a really cute thing, <laughs> and I want to show you this. Okay? Well, he's looking for it. Let me get this straight. You gave away. To all of the United States, the Vikings' first-round draft pick in, like, 73? Well, I only cost them a third-round pick. Oh, third round. Yeah. yeah, third round. You're such a boob. Right. <laughs> anyway. All right, right, here we go. Here's what I got. you got to turn so the So this guy, on, he is a uh, what-round draft pick? Uh, Quinn Williams, Williams was Williams. the third overall pick. By the Jets, yep. right? Mm-hmm. And he's talking to, he's being interviewed, and here's what happened. I don't hear it. Oh, well, there's no sound. I don't hear oh, it. Oh, he sneezed. Big deal. John Heights Newscast. Sponsored <laughs> by ProfessionalTurf.com. Well, Hi, he, Dr. He blessed FYI. himself. Yeah, I'm He a said, doctor, bless you, and then he said, thank you. It was very it was very cute. I wonder why we couldn't hear that. That's okay. I will work okay. on it. All right. Thanks, fellas. With an increase in attacks on... You know, I listened to the podcast on the way into town this What'd morning. What you think, Kenny? Uh, I did a lot of yelling at you. Who, me? At you. Here's Kenny. John Heights Newscast. We're, we're like brothers. John Heights Newscast. Only we could say what you called him earlier. That'd be kind yeah, of that was, I think it was rather harsh. It was. Who turns a bacon cheeseburger into a bleeping soup? What oh, the hell my, is wrong I, I, with I'm going to bring you a little cup tomorrow. No, I will, gonna... I will throw it in your face. Okay, I'm still going to bring it, though. You're Can we it. do the news? Try this Oy cup vey. of underpants soup. You know it's really good. Do you know what every one of you guys soup. doesn't know how to do? Eat. You I'll tell no, you what you don't know you how to no do. Idea. Nobody no. knows how to no. listen. Oh, huh? I thought you were going to talk about food. The bacon cheeseburger oh is, God. wow. dare I use the word, iconic. It is a, as American as the flag. I, it was I, double I smoked joke. bacon from Grunhofer's. I am not ripping Thick. the bacon. I am ripping somebody who takes something as cherished and loved as the bacon cheeseburger, the bacon cheeseburger. and stirs it up and mix in some cruddy broth and calls it a soup. Oh, boy. That, it was uh, just fantastic. That makes you feel good, Kenny. I grilled and made myself a cheeseburger and ate it as a cheeseburger last night. You're a true American, and you're Thank about you. to do your news before Joe's head explodes. Thank you. With an increase in attacks on places of worship across the United States, Minnesota churches, synagogues, mosques, and other religious institutions are taking a closer look at security measures. Michael Rosen, now, uh, this is a fascinating man. He was actually on the old Garage Logic when Jay Cole sat in for you. Really? Yeah. Yes, he's, he's a security guy. He's a former agent with the Shin Bet, with the, which is Israel's equivalent of the FBI. Uh, Rosen, co-founder of Rosen Security in Minneapolis, and religious places of worship, he says, are now some of his clients. Uh, he told Jay downstairs with Five Eyewitness News, there's been a spike in attacks perpetrated on worship sites, and the reality of security concerns means a more sophisticated approach toward keeping houses of worship safe is developing. He said, all you need is a friendly, smiling, sharp, very well-trained security professional who can recognize indicators of malicious intent in someone, and then be able to act on those indicators in real time. Rosen said there's uh, one synagogue here in the Twin Cities, which you wouldn't name, that must use all around-the-clock security seven days a week using visible and invisible agents and means of security because the threats against the synagogue are considered credible. If I'm not mistaken, I remember when he was on with Jane, mm-hmm. basically we all just felt helpless. Yeah. You remember the information? We're sitting here thinking, holy crap, we're, in, we're sitting ducks. Yeah. Well, it's come to this. At church Saturday... I found myself looking around, yeah. looking around. Aware of your surroundings, yeah, even more around. so. 
But it was the same group of octogenarians, so it was all right. <laughs> Meanwhile, in a post on Twitter, Hennepin County Sheriff David Hutchinson said that— Will you tell that story again? I, I was really—I was moved by that story. Could you lay it down? You were into cassette at the scene. You were yeah, in church no, on Saturday, no, right? No, there's nothing to lay down. I just It's you come had, to that. You find yourself looking around. You had just been finished up paying in cash for sins committed in the no, flood. No, I don't do that. that. Level four. <laughs> Well, I'm going to go like level I four here this David Hutchinson said that local law enforcement will be increasing patrols <laughs> around synagogues. Did you get to take the rest of the toilet paper home no, with you? No. <laughs> As measles outbreaks uh, go on in a number of states oh. across the country, President Trump is urging families to vaccinate kids. He did that over the weekend. He told reporters they have to get their shots. The vaccinations are so important. This endorsement of vaccination, uh, well, it came as a bit of a surprise because in the past he's tweeted about uh, not getting vaccinations and how it could cause autism. That was before winning the presidency. Since his inauguration, he's made no public comment about vaccines. With the measles count in the U.S. hitting its highest point since 1994, public health observers have questioned why the president, unlike all his predecessors going back to FDR, hadn't been urging parents to vaccinate kids. Some raised concerns that his track record on vaccination would undercut the credibility of any pro-vaccination message, but others noted his base voters might be swayed if he endorsed vaccines. (laughs) Uh, so you you have to be exposed to Twitter and what's going on right now with Lake Calhoun and Bidet Makaska. Oh my God, the white supremacists really? won. Really? Oh, we're all goose stepping yeah, here, yeah. And, and and the other side is just as uh, virulent. It's amazing. Um, yes, on Friday l- l- after the show, late afternoon before I I headed out to go home and watch the NFL draft. Um, I posted a thing on the Garage Logic Facebook page that I just thought was kind of funny. And it simply says, if my kid can't bring peanut butter to school, then yours can't bring the deathly plague. Vaccinate or I'm bringing the jiffy. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought it was kind of funny. Kind of oh, funny. oh, I bet sure. you got jumped on. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah, yeah, people yeah. went insane. And, and yeah. people basically started arguing with one another. Yeah. But I couldn't believe the reaction I got from just that little picture. Nope. <laughs> Rook's going to pull it up right now. I'm looking at it. It has 25,000 views. You're kidding. No, and I, I just click on it right there, Rook. That's more clever than I would have ever given you credit for. If I, my kid I, can't... I don't think he made uh, it up. He didn't write it. I don't know. I found the picture on social oh, media. Oh, I, I was going to say, that's a nice little paragraph you wrote Thank there, you. but you didn't write it. If I, my uh, kid can't bring sorry, peanut butter Chris. to school, then yours can't bring the deathly plague. Vaccinate or I'm bringing the jiffy. That's, <laughs> that's funny. funny. That's, that's funny. funny. How do you that's not funny. laugh at that? Yeah. How do you not laugh at these uneducated boobs on Twitter? The reinstatement of Lake Calhoun is super gross and super business as usual. (laughs) But anyone who uses super that much had no (laughs) earthly chance to even know who John Calhoun was. Oh, that's what I'm saying. They have no idea. Yeah. And by the way, it's Jeff. There was two people arguing about whether it should be called Jiffy. Uh Because it's called Jeff Peanut Butter, which was pretty funny. (laughs) Donald Trump's former attorney, Michael Cohen, lamenting the fact that... I had a GIF that, tweet last night. I ate a whole jug of GIF for supper oh last night. I didn't see that. On a, you had a spoonful. You are just ready oh, to eat it, weren't sick. you? The whole thing. Uh, you really make me sick. One guy, had a, he had a great idea. He said when are you going chocolate. back to the farm? Yeah, you got... <laughs> Did you check up there to add some weather? Sometimes, Such, when the Jif bottle is half full, I yeah. fill it up with honey and then stir it all together and then slurp it down. Hey, y'all. <laughs> Here's Kenny. 
with news from the crab and yet, coffee he's shop. He's giving you crap about the soup you made. You yeah, right. Why don't butter. you take and go with your peanut butter? <laughs> or no. Take or no. Or no. <laughs> Donald Trump's former personal attorney, Michael Cohen, lamenting the fact that uh, he's the only one going to prison over those campaign finance violations made during the 2016 election, saying, quote, I'm not the one who slept with the porn star. Oh. Cohen pleaded guilty to a slew of charges last year, including making illegal hush money payments, which he said was at the direction of Donald Trump, to adult film star Stormy Daniels and former Playboy model Karen McDougal, two women who claimed to have previously had affairs with Trump. Cohen will begin his three-year sentence on May 6th at a federal prison in upstate New York. Chicago's top prosecutor has been subpoenaed to appear in court by a retired appellate judge who's pushing for a special prosecutor to look into the handling of that case against actor Jussie Smollett. The Chicago Sun-Times says Sheila O'Brien also subpoenaed Cook County State's Attorney Kim Fox's top deputy and requested that Smollett appear at a hearing on her request. Fox was harshly criticized when our office announced it was dropping charges against the actor that accused the black gay actor of staging a racist and anti-gay attack on himself in downtown Chicago. Fox has defended the decision to drop the charges, says she welcomes any independent investigation. A beluga whale. How about this? This is interesting, isn't it? Plastic death? This is Child 44 stuff. Found with a tight harness that appears to be Russian-made. I'll be damned, they're using whales. Has raised the alarm of Norwegian officials and prompted speculation the animal may have escaped from a Russian military facility. Mm-hmm. Jorgen Rehuig of the Norwegian Directorate of Fisheries says Equipment St. Petersburg is written on the harness strap which features a mount for an action camera. I'll be damned. Let's go to the Norwegian headquarters right, now. Let's go spy on Norway. <laughs> what are they doing? They're cooking fish. He said Monday fishermen in Arctic Norway last week reported the tame white whale with a tight harness swimming around. On Friday, fisherman Hjor Heston, aided by the Rewig, Jumped into the Jumped into the frigid water. You have the audio, don't you, Rook? Uh, you're about to. They I do. said yeah, it. I've got it. Yeah, got they it. said it. Here's the uh, here's the call. Das hier ist mein Sektor. Das hier ist das wichtigste Gerät des Küstenwächters. Das Gerät und das. Here's the whale. Mayday. Hello, can you hear us? Mm-hmm. Can you hear us? Can you? Okay, over. Me, we are sinking. We are sinking. Hello, this is the German Coast Guard. <laughs> we are sinking. We're sinking. What are you thinking about? <laughs> the world, the world would be funny if all this wasn't so true. We have we now have a rush. We have communist whales. Yeah, Commie yeah. whales. What are you saying? They strapped a camera to yes. it. Yes. Yeah. And, and uh, it's a friendly whale. It comes out of the water. Yeah, and it was it greeted on. Mrs. Wiggins was well, petting it. This isn't entirely a novel concept. We learned in Austin Powers that the sharks had the laser beams attached to their heads, so they probably stole the idea from Austin Powers. Well, I was told by a member of my family that this is common practice. To stop a whale? To spy. Huh. They use it to spy. I dare you to spend a week away from your family. I could not. Why don't you up come the up f- to the farm with me? I, I got a oh, tool belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love video of that. I'd have, I'd have come trouble sleeping here for the camp. I'd have right. trouble sleeping at that. No? Come on up, Matthew. <laughs> I don't think so. If you two spent a week together at your farm, he would not come home alive. You know what he would want to do? He would want to marry me because the meals that I would make for him would be unbelievable. You got he said, the apron. You're everything. going nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> I just have my underwear on and then the apron. You know, when he's grilling. There's Yikes. one meal a day, and it comes at 8 p.m. 
it's all work from the, from before that. What is it? Uh, uh, Here's Johnny Velveeta? with the news. <laughs> Velveeta and some smoke sticks. I want to take a little poll here. How many of you uh, at home use that sinking line all the time? Because I do. Yeah. Always. I have, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Never, never have. Never? Never. never. Yeah. What are you thinking? The numbers are still coming in for Avengers Endgame, but they're amazing. Let's put it that way. Uh-huh. Since the Marvel Studios film first began rolling out in theaters on Wednesday, its global box office total... One point two billion with a B dollars. I'd rather have a tooth pulled. George, than see explain this that whole crap. Avengers. You don't without spoiling. Well, here's it, what it's what come happened. to. Here's what it's come to, John. I yeah. picked up. I saw uh-huh. this story. Uh, in, in China, a, a 21 year old woman yeah. watching the movie uh, cried so violently she had to be taken to the hospital. What? She had to be taken to the hospital because she her hands began to claw up. She. She lost uh, sight. She was crying so she was weeping, and she created a tense medical emergency. Reminds uh, me of the time when Pat was at that movie. I wish I knew how to say this in Chinese. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to need an ambulance? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What movie was it? <laughs> Little, Little Women. Little Women. I thought it was on an airplane. Should we call you an ambulance? <laughs> she had chest pains, breathing problems, numbness in her extremities, and cramps. The woman sent out a uh, SOS, and the, uh, an ambulance showed up at the church, and they took her to the emergency room. We're, uh, that, that doesn't speak well of the human race. No, no, no. Speaking of the old grumpy sports writer from Folda, I never thought I'd see the day where he actually taught me something about life. He's taught me how to drink gin. Uh, he's taught me how to bet four different tracks at the same time while it's <laughs> blasted out of your mind on gin. He's taught me a lot of things, none of them which I can use today. Until I listened to the podcast, Friday's podcast, Mm -hmm. I had never, ever heard that the proper way to break an egg is on a flat surface. Really? So much so. He was the corner of a pan guy. I've always used the corner of the pan. If one's not available, the the rounded corner of the countertop. Oh, my God. I just look for a counter. I've never, ever considered using a flat. And if you're really talented, you can do it with one hand. Separate it. That's fantastic. Say one size fits all. You like what you like. I like what I like. That's right. One size fits all, but that rarely fits anyone. That's why Federated Mutual Insurance Company tailors its insurance programs to individual businesses. Federated, Owatonna, Minnesota's own. They offer property and casualty, life, disability, income insurance. Their marketing representatives get to know you, the business owner, and how your business works then they come back to you with a customized coverage you need. They'll take care of your driving needs with uh, auto liability. They'll take e- look at we got whales swimming around with uh, computers <laughs> attached <laughs> to their earlobes. You better cover yourself with data compromise coverage. Your business is unique. You need an insurance carrier who treats it that way. Get in touch with a federated insurance marketing representative to see how their second to none service can help your business thrive. Because at Federated, it's their business to protect. Yours. The Earth is not your mother. The Joe Suchere Show. Let's go to a local failed academy and get it straight from someone who works in the failed academy and who wishes to remain anonymous. I love moles. But I've learned over the years to trust various people. Mm -hmm. I have no reason to believe this emailer is about to be making anything up. All right. Uh, We'll go along with you. 
Hello, boys. I have a second job as an associate professor in the sociology department at a local university, and I wanted to share a story with you. It may be a bit long, but please bear with me. I was sitting in my office one afternoon prepping for my evening class. The school I teach at has a significant number of students from China, and one of these students came to speak to the professor in the room next to me. That professor had evidently held a class that afternoon wherein she spoke in glowing terms about Marx and communism, given the nature of the exchange I overheard. The student expressed confusion, with some difficulty given that English was her second language, uh, with why the professor was saying communism was good. She stated that she lives in China, under communism, and it was not as the professor stated it to be. She explained how the government workers and politicians have power and money, and her family has little of both. I could hear the professor making dismissive utterances, sure, mm-hmm, etc., all the while this student was talking. When she finished, the professor talked about how great it is that under communism, the workers have control, the usual talking points. I was very proud of the student who continued to push back, finally saying, look, you don't understand. I live there. This didn't stop the professor from trying to convince this student who lives under communism that it is great for the people. It was quite a lesson in how messed up these tenured professors really are. Isn't that something? Wow. Isn't that something? Did she cite the, uh, and if you said it, I apologize, the the student was from China. Do we know where the professor was from? Obviously not China. Wyndham. Berkeley. We have a new wrinkle on Garage Wood. What? What could possibly be a new wrinkle? It's well, set in stone. It's uh, great. This is from uh, Paul Danklovic, uh, Dankovic in Greensboro, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I certainly have garage wood for all the usual reasons, but I also have hangar wood. I have a home-built kit plane called an RV8, which I constructed in my three-car garage when I lived in Carver County. I have since moved to North Carolina. This isn't some ding-ding, here-comes-the-homemade airplane, but a well-designed kit aircraft using conventional aluminum riveted structures and an engine, propeller, and avionics similar to what you would find in a Cessna or Beechcraft. I did the final assembly and test flights out of Flying Cloud. The wood pieces show, and he sent me some pictures, I used to shore up the landing gear when I have the wheels off to service the brakes and repack the bearings. The shaped plywood I used to kneel on when I have the interior out for annual inspection of the interior structure and components. I enjoy the podcast and built much of my plane listening to you guys on the radio. Sincerely, Paul, Greensboro, North Carolina. P.S. You guys are killing me with these Grunhofer ads. I haven't found a good brat since I left Minnesota. He's referring, to, of course, to Grunhofer's old-fashioned meats uh, right off Highway 61 at the north end of Hugo. I, I was out there Saturday. What'd you find? I bought the rookie hamburger mix. Oh, the mix? And and treat it with respect. Did please. you bring it home and drop it into a soup? <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, and uh, the people there, well, the, some of the guys there were telling me that's the best burger they've ever grilled. You're recommending that I don't even grill it. You can grill it, but it's it's fatty. It's it, there's a certain way you should prepare it to have it taste like a restaurant burger. Grunhofer's old fashioned meats at 130. Bro- it's like a it's like a meat department store. Yeah, <laughs> it's just you a meat department. You, you go to that wall there; that's linen. You go over here; that's bedding. Over here is men's clothing. Except it's all meat. You can get it's meat as far as you can see. Smoked salmon there too. Oh, it was fantastic! Yum. It was really fantastic. 130 uh, different broad flavors: beef broth, chicken broth, steaks, pork shoulders, roasts, 
burger. They'll cut the steaks any way you want. They'll cut the double-smoked bacon to your preference. You want it for the grill, that's how you'll get it. They have it all. Beef, steaks, roast, veal, and chicken. These people are meat experts. Mm. They're professional meat cutters. They even carry a variety of seafood. I haven't gotten that far yet. Yeah, I've seen it. Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. Uh, Grunhofer, what's the website? Grunhofer's Meat Market. Yeah, GrunhoferMeatMarket.com. No apostrophe. No, there's no apostrophe. These are the highest quality meats, and I've never had such great customer service. And when you go in there, when that bell rings, when the door opens, you make sure you tell the staff, specifically Spencer, that you're a GLer and you love Um, the way he does business. Eventually, we're going to see a 70-degree day on a Friday. (laughs) That's what we'll be. It doesn't look like it's going to be this week. You know what I did, too? I signed my name. Uh, because they they have sheets at the registers. He's tracking us. Please, please let us know if you heard about us on yes. Garage Logic. I signed. That's, that's, that's a fascinating, Such. Yeah. Uh, anyway, when we do finally get up to Grundhoffers for this uh, garage opener, what are we gonna What are we gonna do? What do you mean? What are we? Gonna I mean, do? you've been you've been talking about how you want people to come up with this like final four. I'm not doing of, the work to create a brat bracket. But we got we got listeners who have done the work. But maybe we should have some kind of playoff right then and there. You mean like a bacon cheeseburger soup playoff? <laughs> something where we sample. Oh, or, they'll be sampling. Don't worry. We'll be grilling. But don't don't you think we're going to have to pick a winner? Yeah, the, we can. At, at we'll the end of the winner. day, you'll pick your favorite. They'll, they'll, they'll be slices. We don't have to do a whole bracket, but of the choices selected, Kenny chose blue cheese with green olives or whatever it is. And I think on site, Joe should grill one of the rookie burgers to Joe's liking. No, yeah. we're never going to do that. Hockey it's never going to be well done. Yeah. yeah. Hey, get this. Hi, Joe. My daughter grew up listening to your show with me. She moved to Lviv, Ukraine, and loves the podcast. When I woke up, there was a text waiting for me, that she was celebrating the opener with her boyfriend, Nick. Keep pushing back, Chris, from Coon Rapids. So over in the Ukraine, uh, Chris's daughter and her, her and her guy, they must have hit 70 Friday, and they had a garage they door opener. Wow. You know what we say to them? In the Ukraine. Zhilayovodachi. Means good luck uh-huh. in the Russian. Yes, hmm. it does. And, uh... Joe, on Tuesday you read a letter from a listener suggesting GL start its own online dating site. I just about flipped. We GL gals have talked about this often and have thought about emailing you, too. We think it's a great idea. Hard to believe, but it's not all that easy finding like-minded guys out there who are also packing some decent cylinders. (laughs) Packing what? Hello? (laughs) Seriously, a common refrain. Well, actually... It's more of a lament is, why can't I find a guy like Joe, just an all-around good guy, smart but not full of himself, level-headed, but at the same time, fun as all get out with the best laugh ever, and of course, he can't be a euphorian. Well, boy, the CP didn't write that. Please think it over. <laughs> just think of the potential new listeners, longtime listener, and definitely not an FFLFer. Uh, as you... As you you know how heart skips a beat, Joe, when you hear that gal telling her motorcycle revving hubby to keep going. You have an opportunity to make heart skip a beat all over Gumption County. This is from Leanne. You, you wrote that, didn't you? Yeah. I did not. Yeah, you I did, did not. <laughs> we got to get on this. So the ladies want a guy that can tell them how wrong they are yeah. 24 <laughs> hours a day, seven days a week. Boy, you but, sound like my ex-wife. They I didn't know to... you were married before. I haven't been. <laughs> they, the gals need to be mansplained to 24 hours a day. This is what she was talking about. Well, you can leave that running, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Everybody just kind of stops and thinks for a while, a couple wait seconds. A, wait a minute. You can leave that running, baby? That's fantastic. We're going to be back shortly.
is a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Suchere. I believe I saw this on 5 Eyewitness News, a pretty long segment last night. The potential for historic flooding this spring is putting a spotlight on Minnesota's aging dams, an underfunded part of the state's infrastructure that could put homes, businesses, and in some cases, lives at risk. Most of the state's dams are more than 50 years old and require ongoing and emergency repairs and reconstruction to maintain their structural integrity, according to the Dam Safety Division of the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources. And it occurs to me, well, I'll continue before I'll tell you what occurs to me. Five, uh, five, Channel 5 found 32 dams in high hazard areas or areas with significant hazard potential, meaning a failure could cause significant property damage or even loss of life, uh, are in poor or fair condition, according to a review of more than 1,200 DNR inspection respo- reports. Despite those risks, the safety division has consistently received only a fraction of the necessary funding. Okay, it's a pretty long story, but let me stop right there. It occurs to me that this story could be written everywhere in the country the closest you get to the tallest buildings. I would imagine. And I don't think the political class has ever been held accountable for how they have squandered what our previous generations have built. Because do you ever hear damn talk at the Never legislature? Heard damn maintenance. No, you hear, you hear about inclusivity, inclusivity and diversity and how much more is needed for this program and how much more is needed for that program. In the meantime, the stuff that got us here... Roads, bridges, dams, highways, they're all falling apart. Mm-hmm. And then these politicians have the nerve to come out and say, well, you don't give us enough money. we got to raise taxes to fix the roads. B as in B, S as in S, we have elected people. We are continuing to elect people who squander what our forebears built. And this is true all over. You could do this story in, in every city in this country. Doesn't it also fall back to your your thought on being important rather than useful? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Where is a governor? Couldn't you win a governor's race by campaigning to get your fiscal house in order so that we can fix the stuff that needs fixing? No. no. Like dams? You will never win a governor's race with that. And what's what's the second thing you'll hear if one of these dams fails? Uh, Well, obviously, it's it's climate change. It's It's climate change. B as in B, S as in S. You haven't spent in. We've been sending you people money. Those of us who pay taxes have been sending you money for 50 years, in my case, 50 years, at least sending taxes. How much of it got spent on a dam? Zero, it sounds like. It's just incredible. The DNR estimates it needs $114 million over the next 20 years for dam safety. That's an average of $6 million a year. <laughs> Yet the safety program receives only a third of that on an annual basis. I just realized It's not something. enough. How many of those dams and other public works like that were built with the New Deal? Probably a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. And isn't it ironic now that the New Deal has everything to do with the environment and global warming and nothing to do with maintaining what the original New Deal did for us? Even the worst dam in the state, which was first designated as the DNR's top priority in 2007, what's that? 11 years ago? 12 years ago. 12 years ago, is still waiting on funding. The Lake Bronson Dam in Kitson County is in poor condition with deteriorating concrete cracks and seepage, according to the state's most recent recent inspection report. 
Uh, a 2004 DNR study found the 82-year-old dam has the potential to cause injury and property damage in the city of Lake Bronson and surrounding areas. It seems strange that this dam, according <laughs> to the reports, is pretty much the number one priority dam in Minnesota, and we still don't have the money for it, Dr. Joe Bouvet, former Kitson County Commissioner, said. The DNR, which has made plans to repair the dam over the years, first proposed replacing the deteriorating structure in 2011 for an estimated 9 mil. Today, replacement plans are still not complete, and the costs have tripled to roughly 25 mil. Well, because we're electing people that want to light incense and uh, uh, talk about uh, inclusivity and diversity, well, how about a little diversity? Find some uh, find some engineers of all ethnicities and get out there and build dams. <laughs> yes, uh, you in the back. Um, I know that this isn't something that's come up has been come up or come up, excuse me, for a long time because you've been preaching about infrastructure, checking on bridges, you know, during your spots for eight, the school up in Baxter. Right. How you know, does that's that one of their things out? that they did was they, they specialize <laughs> in infrastructure, checking on bridges, checking on dams. I mean you've been you've been preaching this message uh, for years. Years. Infrastructure. School of non destructive testing. Yes, that's it. sign that's up. It. I okay. You know, maybe I had a little confusion with that. That's about three years ago. Yeah, that was pretty I had some good. confusion. That was pretty good. You come a long way. Fellas, tell me where uh, which which direction am I driving if I go to Lake Bronson right now? Starting in the Twin Cities. Where west. am I going? Well, you're gonna have to go a little bit north and take a turn. West and you'll have to you'll have to take a left. Uh, all I'm picturing is Branson, Missouri. I don't know where it's That's west, south. isn't it? Uh, no, this is Lake Bronson. Ah, Charles, like Charles, Johnny? Charles Bronson. Sure. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, just because Joe said it, I'm going to say west. Just west, huh? North and west, south. <laughs> Joe, you're the closest. Yeah, you know your county. It's in yeah. Kitson. Uh, Kitson, Kennebec, uh, uh, Kennebec, Ohio, Kitson, and Kuching. Where is Kitson? I, I, uh, I think it's on the west side of the state. It's way up there by Canada. Oh, okay. Uh, Alec. Oh, yeah. Carlston. Yeah. Greenbush. Roseau. Well, you know where Roseau is. Yeah. yeah. You know, big-time sports auctions figures out how to take care of business and make the money. If you've got a charity event coming up, you know, a turnkey silent auction is what you need. This is a, a fantastic for charities, churches, youth groups, sports teams, foundations, rotaries, Lions Club, etc. Here it is. You call Steve at Big Time Sports Auctions. He comes in and he sets up a silent auction of sports memorabilia. You don't do a thing except take credit for one right. hell of an event a successful and collect event. the money for your charity. They take a cut, but one that you'll find entirely reasonable. Big Time Sports Auctions takes care of everything. They bring the material to your event. They take care of the bidding sheets. They set everything up. They pick up the old unsold items. You don't do a thing. Big Time Sports Auctions works with all kinds of groups and events. If you're ever thinking you're in the need of raising money for a charitable endeavor, Big Time Sports Auctions works. And uh, they can help you with your next event. And if you uh, just want to use them to buy a gift for someone, like Father's Day coming up, go to Big Time Sports Auctions. Go to btsauctions.com. That's btsauctions with an S, dot com. The best lawn you've ever had is a simple click away at ProfessionalTurf.com. That tired, patchy, disease-riddled disaster of a lawn you've been fighting for years... 
It'll be transformed into a thick, luscious carpet of green. ProfessionalTurf.com, they've been at it since the earliest of the 80s, and they're going to come out to your place, give you a free lawn care estimate, and then set you up with a three- to five-step program that will have you with the best lawn in the block from now until late fall. ProfessionalTurf.com. Presented by ProfessionalTurf.com, Dr. F.Y.I. Oh, that's it? We better go take two on that one. Start no, that over. I'll just okay, start sure, it over. Yeah, okay, uh, I'm more worried two. about my uh, thing here. Here we go. Okay, uh, just go ahead. Presented by ProfessionalTurf.com, I present to you Dr. <laughs> F.Y.I. <laughs> That's the world's shortest blues song, right? Yeah. Right. I woke up this morning. Didn't wake up this morning. <laughs> oh, that's right. Because I was dead. <laughs> okay, let me put this away. Yeah. Um, by the way, uh, happy anniversary to Garage Logic 26 years. Oh. Today? Oh, it's April, April 29th. 29th. April 29th. That's right. Oh, yeah. Happy, mother. happy birthday, huh. Judith, by the way. And that's the day my mom died. Three years ago. I did not April know April 29th. Oh. I didn't miss the show. Don't worry. No. That a boy. Do you think she died on that date on purpose just to get to you? I think so. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. And you're, because uh, a year ago, I had, I posted the proclamation that, that Governor Dayton had signed. That's right. And that popped up in the timeline this weekend. I forgot about that. Yeah, this is GL's birthday. Yes. Wow. I just remembered that. Yeah, April 29th. Well, Happy birthday, know, boys. Hang yeah. on. You know, we, we've ever pulled this out. I think so. 29, 26 years. I can't remember how to play birthday. I'm old. See. I think you got her. They say yeah, it's your like birthday. That. You don't know the traditional happy birthday. No, we don't want to do that. Oh, we, we, well, we can. Let's see here. Rook, you going to sing? Yeah. No, let's not do that. Come on, come on. It's Go, 26 Rook. years. Happy birthday to you. A little quick. Happy birthday to you. He's got the worst sense of timing of anybody. Happy ever. birthday to Joe and Garage Logic. Happy birthday to Wow. Oh, you two should have a meeting about the key we're going to be in. One of you needs to agree to a key. Uh, I don't even know what that means. Which one? Key, a tempo, everything pretty much yeah, we need to yeah. agree on. Just timing. Timing. Let's do some news. I think so. Uh, uh, we talked about this earlier in the uh, podcast, but well, let's, let's go over the whole story here. The Minnesota Court of Appeals has ruled against the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources, saying the agency did not have the authority to approve the decision to change the name of Lake Calhoun in Minneapolis to Badamaka Scott's original Dakota name. The name was officially changed back in early 2018 after the DNR approved the results of earlier votes by the Minneapolis Parks and Rec Board and the Hennepin County Board of Commissioners. The decision came after objections arose to the Lake Calhoun name because of former Vice President John C. Calhoun's involvement with treaties that removed Native Americans from their land and the fact that he was a slave owner. However, in its ruling, the Court of Appeals stated a district court was wrong to dismiss a lawsuit filed by Save Lake Calhoun, a group that had opposed the change. Also found the DNR did not have the authority 
to change their name. The decision read, we have addressed the merits of the DNR commissioner's purported authority to change lake names existing for 40 years and found no authority permits this action. Accordingly, we reverse and remand for entry of judgment in favor of save Lake Calhoun. And if you want a good laugh, just go to Twitter, trending now, you'll find uh, outrage on both sides and it's all laugh worthy. Hmm. Minnesota Department of Natural Resources says drinking water has been restored at Blue Mound State Park in southwestern Minnesota. A a release said that over the winter, contractors completed connections to the Rock County Rural Water System. This solves an issue that has spanned the last five camping seasons where there was no water service. Water service at the park was first disrupted in 2014 when E. coli was discovered in the park's well. Second well was dug that same year, but more E. coli was discovered there. Who's the tester? Who is it? Like Bill? It's Bill. Bill, we think everything's good. Let's give it a go. Now, that park, by the way, is home to Minnesota's first state-owned herd of bison. Hmm. Okay. Islamic State Sorry, leader. Were you expecting a reaction? No, I just thought that was an odd, odd fact. Comment, yeah. An odd fact. I didn't know we were in the bison business. No, we got them. You okay. can get them. Sure. Islamic State leader Abu Bakir al-Baghdadi was pictured in a new video for the first time since July of 2014. A video released by ISIS's propaganda arm, Al-Furqan. Rumors of El-Baghdadi's death have persisted as ISIS militants who have surrendered to U.S.-backed coalition forces believe their leader had abandoned the cause. Baghdadi suffers from diabetes, high blood pressure, and has injuries sustained during an airstrike years ago. The U.S., as of right now, is offering $25 million for any information that leads to his capture. Damn, I wish I could find him. He's behind the door. 25 mil. Where's my cash? <laughs> Face? Well, it, it, seriously, back ah, to the yeah. bison thing. Mm-hmm. Why, why would the state be? Are they going to make money off of that? I, I, I don't understand. I think it's uh, for the amusement of children. Yeah, just so people oh, can sure. see them okay, and, I know, see yeah. the bison. Got it. You guys ever gone by uh, Jamestown, North Dakota? There, where they got the big buffalo in the herd. I no, have five million have. times. Yes, and they have the uh, the white buffalo also, whose name escapes me. In the, the great white. white buffalo. Yeah, Ken Norton. I've been deep into South Dakota. I've never been deep into North Dakota. Really? Well, I don't think I got past to, Grand Forks. You want to come back to Bismarck nope. with me sometime? Nope. Nope. <laughs> Just nice little road trip. Yeah. Although trip. Western North Dakota is gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Back uh, It's almost over. Black Hills-like, isn't it? it well, it is. Yeah. 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 Medora, yeah. that area. Teddy Roosevelt spent mm-hmm. a lot of time there. Mm-hmm. They just, uh, the big controversy in North Dakota last week, uh, they approved money for a Teddy Roosevelt museum slash library. Really? A lot of people are against it. Why? Uh, because the money. See, oh. They don't think the money they're should be They're not against spent, Teddy. But... They're just against the money. Oh, right. They're spent. not against Teddy. Got no. it. Facebook. 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 So I typed in Great White Buffalo. Yeah. And oh, Hot Tub Time Machine <laughs> clip comes up. I don't, I don't think we're going to be educated on no. whatever... I think we're looking for something else, huh? When's the last time you guys watched Hot Tub Time Machine? I'm unaware of it. Uh, it's, it's a pretty funny movie. I haven't movie. seen it. It's not easy it. to get through. Well, you know what the white bison uh, represents to Native Americans. Mm-hmm. It's it's big medicine. Yeah. Yeah. Who was the guy? Fred. Remember Undertaker Fred used to always call in and talk about the great white buffalo. Uh, Fred the Undertaker. Who's our friend that always signed off Migwitch? Sam Hawk. Sam, Sam Hawk. Did he ever? T- I think he talked about it, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he did. Yeah. Facebook has a grave problem. By the year 2070, dead users might outnumber living ones on the social network. Oh, Did you get that grave problem? That's uh-huh. hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this do you guys have friends, though, that are no longer yeah, with us? I it's do. eerie. Yeah. 
Yeah, because yeah, it'll pop up once in a while. You hey, get a birthday notification. Yeah, or, things like that uh, or, or a memory that you shared. It's like, oh, I don't, okay. I'm glad Thanks. I'm not strapped to that nonsense. Yeah, you and I are the only ones yeah. here. I'm glad the show is. Yeah, but I'm not. Thank as you. long as we don't have to run right. it. As long as I don't have but to participate. But Kenny, you're one of the most active Twitter users I know. I'm pretty good, too. <laughs> if I you say know, so myself. I'm really good at the Twitter. Yeah. The Oxford Internet Institute uh, researchers predict at least 1.4 billion, with a B, Facebook users will die before the year 2100, with the dead outnumbering the living in about 50 years on Facebook, based on current user growth rates. Studies co-author David Watson, also a student at the Institute, said in a statement, Never before in history has such a vast archive of human behavior and culture been assembled in one place. Controlling this archive will, in sense, be to control our history. Pope Francis on Monday welcomed hairdressers, hairstylists, and beauticians to the Vatican. Why? But warned them not to indulge in gossip. While cutting hair or painting fingernails, I saw this. I I, what? I couldn't imagine the problem. You guys, you, you don't have bigger issues. There is. To, there's uh, some. There's some things that I would think would take precedent over that. Can't you just buy your way out of it? No. He told, he no, told no them. Buying. He told them practice your profession in a Christian style, treating customers with kindness and courtesy, and always offering them good word and encouragement. Snip split ends and wax limbs while avoiding giving in to the temptation of chatter that easily creeps into your work environment. He urged during their audience in the Vatican. Uh, he said, "Cosmetologist, now here's where I think what? How many of us are Catholic? Everybody but Kenny, right? Yeah. So uh, I did not know this. He said the cosmetologist should be guided by their patron saint." Peruvian Martino de Porres. Yeah. Hmm. You know, yeah. you guys know Martino? No, but I, I, didn't I didn't know a haircutter had a patron saint. He was a 16th century barber surgeon. They and all boy, were. And boy, was he well-dressed. Whose yeah. <laughs> miracles included levitation. Really? Being in two places at once. That's better than a right? card trick. Yeah. Instant, That's what he told the wife, anyway. <laughs> instant cures. Uh-huh. Really? And an ability to communicate with animals. We need guys this like guy, that now. Yeah, you know, we don't have any do. guys right now <laughs> to touch you. I got to be honest. Boom. He sounds like a shyster, fellas. Did you hear the joke the Pope told the, cos- the I cosmeticians? Did not, no. Well, you told him about the two 90 year old guys, Leo and Frank. Yeah. And uh, uh, they'd been, <laughs> been friends all their <laughs> lives. When it was clear that Leo was dying, Frank visited him every day. And one day, Frank said, Leo, we both loved playing baseball all our lives, and we played all through high school. Please do me one favor. When you get to heaven, somehow you got to let me know if there's baseball up there. So Leo looked up at Frank from his deathbed and said, Frank, you've been my buddy for many years. If it's at all possible, I'll do you this favor. I'll take care of this Good for friendship. you. friendship. Shortly after that, Leo passed away, and a few nights later, Frank was awakened from a sound sleep by a blinding flash of white light and a voice calling out to him, Frank, Frank, who is it, said Frank, sitting up suddenly. Who, who's there? Leo, it's me, Leo. You're not Leo. Leo just died. I'm telling you, it's me, Leo. Leo, where are you? In heaven. I have some really good news and a little bad news. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, tell me the good news first, said Frank. Well, the good news, Leo said, is that, yeah, there's baseball in heaven. Better yet, all of our old buddies who died before us, they're up here. Better than that, we're all young again. It's always springtime. It never rains or snows. And best of all, we can play baseball all we want, and we never get tired. That's fantastic, said Frank. It's beyond my wildest dreams. So what's the bad news? You're pitching Tuesday. <laughs> but oh, boom, boom. See, he's gonna die there. oh, so he's got to get called that's, in from the bullpen. Uh, yeah, that's good stuff. pitching... Uh, 
I got so you. the Pope specifically brought up waxing. He did say something about waxing. I was surprised by that myself. <laughs> Joe, you yeah. ever had any uh, anything waxed? No, Can, never have. Wonder how uh, wax my car. Wonder how. No, well, it's kind not, of a yeah. it's kind of a different. It's a little more intimate thing. than that. That's you the actually, only waxing I'm familiar you, with. You really? Do you even know what waxing is? I think I have a vague idea. Uh, I'm not sure the waxy Pope. G. I wonder if Royce knows anything about oh, wax. I don't want to know if he does. Yes. I'd, I'd be the wow. last person I'd want to hear yeah. from about. I need a, uh, I need a, a Brazilian of them. <laughs> what is it? A Brazilian wax? Not a lot of them, just one. Call the wax department. <laughs> hey, motor, hey, motorcyclists, it's, the season's been really hard to get going, hasn't it? So that gives you more and more time to get your bike ready because you know the great weather is going to be just around the corner. DennisKirk.com, right here in Minnesota. More than 160,000 products in stock for you and your bike, and it doesn't matter whether you ride a Harley, Cruiser, or sport bike, they have it. And if you're in a hurry, you order by 8 o'clock today, you're going to get it tomorrow. Now, that's hard to believe, but that's the way DennisKirk.com does business. $89 order ship free. That's what Kenny does. He always manages to make sure he's got at least 89 bucks worth. And they pay return shipping on helmet and apparel products. DennisKirk.com. Order today and get it tomorrow. Yeah. Last weekend, Dylan Elliott and his buddies were returning from a fishing trip in Australia Well, they suddenly spotted something weird in the water about a half mile from shore. After they watched for a second, they were shocked to realize it was a kangaroo what? who had somehow ended up in the ocean. They didn't know they could swim. Right. Elliot said you could see he was trying to hop while in the water, but no. obviously was struggling. I Couldn't get so. any purchase. Huh? No, no purchase. <laughs> Determined to help him, the group of friends grabbed some rope they had on the boat, tried to pull him aboard, but the poor kangaroo was too panicked. He kept ducking out of well, the rope. Got that short little little arms. They can't hold on to the rope with those <laughs> short, tiny arms. Finally exhausted and overwhelmed by all of the water, the kangaroo went unconscious. And the friends quickly swam over to him and pulled him onto the boat. Everybody was dismayed and heartbroken to discover the kangaroo wasn't moving and that after all of that, they may have been too late. But? but Elliot said they decided not to give up. He said, we dragged him onto the platform after a suggestion from the skipper. Mouth. I started to pump his chest and stomach and started seeing water pumping out of his mouth and nostrils. Elliot was hesitant about performing CPR on the kangaroo, but he knew he had to try. He kept pumping the chest and stomach until finally the kangaroo started to wake up. And was immediately grateful to the people who saved his life. He didn't start boxing? No, Yeah, I would have thought he would have... Flipped out. Well, we've seen it on Bugs Bunny a million times. He's got the gloves on. Elliot said he lifted his head and he touched his nose on my nose, which was pretty special. He also also grabbed me with his claws like he was holding on to me. So did they make out? He, He then opened his mouth. Yeah. I thought he was probably dry, so I grabbed some fresh water and poured no. it over his mouth, and he started to drink it. I don't think that's what he was asking was for. Was it peach prune or alfalfa? Yeah. Yeah. And when he was throwing the water back in his mouth, the kangaroo said, Not again! <laughs> <laughs> Everyone on the boat. Everyone on the boat was astounded and overjoyed. They get, quickly got him to shore, contacted a local ranger. He was eventually released in a safe location. Authorities say they have no idea. How the kangaroo got a half mile out into the ocean. What about the dog last week that was 120 oh, yeah. miles out on and ended up at an oil rig? Chasing a duck or something? I don't know. That's a long way. You know what the biggest problem I have with that story? Huh. When they got him onto the lifeboat or whatever. Are you talking had, about the dog or the, the dog, kangaroo? The dog. The first thing they did was they, they gave him water. 
Well, yeah, because he, he was so in salt water. That doesn't matter. Right. Get him some food. Well, but then the kangaroo yeah. thought he was just going to hop away, and the guys are like, hey, Mr. Kangaroo, we, uh, <laughs> we had some we're plans. happy to... <laughs> your new name to... is The Gimp. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> happy to save your life. A, get, a... get back in the box, Gimp. <laughs> Boy, that takes a really it's weird it's turn. Took a turn, didn't it? Really That's did. Why I'm here. Yeah. In Alabama, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Oh God, help me for Thursday. <laughs> An Alabama woman reported a burglary to get back at her husband, who she suspected of cheating, but it backfired after she was arrested for making a false police report. Thirty-three-year-old Amber Lewis suspected her husband was with another woman in their Millbrook, Alabama home when she called police to report a burglary about 9 a.m. Uh, two questions I had about this was, so she just must have headed to work, right? And he called. I don't know. I stopped paying attention. I, yeah, I saw so the big yawn there. That's the big yawn. I'm following. <laughs> so at 9 in the morning, here. he's yeah. inviting over the mistress. Right. Oh. 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 Respond. Oh, I didn't know there was a mistress involved. Responding officers found Lewis and another unidentified woman at the home. Uh, both women said they did not know who was inside of the home. Yeah, you got this now? So far? The officers found what appeared to be marijuana, cocaine, and other drugs in the house. 9 a.m.? 9 a.m. Uh, arrested. Lewis was... <laughs> Lewis was arrested and charged with making a false report to law enforcement and second-degree possession of marijuana. Uh, she's being held at Elmore County Jail. Uh, the husband faces drug charges, and the unidentified woman was charged with lying to police. <laughs> Is anyone else having that same eerie feeling that this happened to a former co-worker of ours down on the radio side of things? Well, yeah. Really? Uh, w- was that the lady with no legs? Oh. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it was, right? Yeah, it was. Or was it arms? <laughs> pretty much. You know what? It's pretty much the same story, Chris, isn't it, now that you brought it up? Oh my God in heaven! <laughs> what I missed. I this went over my head. I don't know either, Rook. Yeah. Well, it's what's his name? You know, guy no. used to get kicked out of the car on the freeway. I used to have pictures of him walking on the side of the freeway on his oh, way here. Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, because one of the ladies oh, he was with it. just got it. Set him to the curb. On Thank the, you for on, bringing uh, me up. Sorry, sorry for mentioning that, Johnny. Yeah, I forgot all about that. Chris. <laughs> oh, boss, I'm clean now. But you're you're right, Chris. It's pretty much the same story. <laughs> oh. One more story. One more. City councils everywhere here, Great Britain, can take months to fix potholes. Yep. Uh, one guy in Great Britain, he decided to do something about that. Fix them himself. In Middlesbrough, he spray painted. Uh, let's put this. Uh, uh, stylized male swimsuit images around bad potholes. I see. You know what I'm saying, I right? think I do. So you got oh. you got this thing, yeah. you know, yeah. painted the around obligatory. The, yes. All different shapes and sizes, I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, finally, uh, after doing that, uh, the council came along and fixed them right away to get rid of the offending painted uh, swimsuit areas. Oh. Did they just fix the paint or did they fix the potholes? No, they fixed the potholes. Well, the guy so got actually, it done then. Uh-huh. Uh, people online said this is brilliant and people say from other cities that they're going to try to do the same thing. How do you think the child mayor of St. Paul would react if you guys started doing that? I think, I think there'd be some upset people. <laughs> the idea is not altogether new. Uh, there's a gorilla pothole vigilante named Wanksy 
You ever oh, heard yeah. of Wanksy? Wanksy, no. I thought was the weird artist. He's I wonder that's if it's the same. That's, that's Banksy. Banksy. That's yeah, Banksy. you're right. That's Banksy. Yeah. He's been doing the same thing in Manchester for years, and uh, he says uh, I highlight dangerous potholes by turning them into temporary works of art, and then the council promptly repairs them. Well, Ref- refresh my memory, Joe. Was it no legs or no arms? I think it was legs. Legs. Yeah. 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 That's rock bottom. Would be for me. Yep. Yeah. Hey, DennisKirk.com. Order by 8 o'clock tonight. Get it tomorrow and $89 orders ship free. DennisKirk.com. GarageLogic.com is our home for just a little bit of everything. Garage I don't know Logic. if that's rock bottom for me. No? <laughs> Tune into the next podcast thinking about it. to find out what is rock bottom for Kenny. He may or may not reveal this on Garage Logic's next podcast. Speaking of which, if you want to get some of the old podcasts oh. that you haven't listened to, it's your first day. We hope you come back tomorrow. But well, they're all listed at garagelogic.com. And those that would uh, think about advertising on Garage Logic Podcast, we have a close-knit community of patrons that would love to come to your establishment. Get in touch with us, garagelogic.com. We're building a corridor of, 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 of clients. Right yes. up 61. Be part of it. Yeah. Garagelogic.com. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>